Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, everybody, and welcome to The Open Door. The door is open. Come on in. (laughs) uh, You know, we are um, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. And gentlemen, we are deep in the weeds now. We are part five, I believe, in our series on how to spot a false teacher and by convention of false teachings. And I was thinking about this on the way in today, in, in some respects, because we can definitely feel the energy. When you start to open up this can of worms, you can sort of feel this opposition. And it's like treating a hornet's nest like a pinata. <laughs> you know? Or maybe yeah, I wonder why I haven't been sleeping lately. So. I know. Yeah, yeah. Hunting for snakes in the dark, you know. <laughs> it, it's really interesting because a lot of what you're hearing on this series, uh, we're not naming names. We're not going to the extent of you know, identifying these people and putting wanted posters up. We're simply identifying the way that teachings are being portrayed, the way that teachings are being brought to people who are unsuspecting. And one of the questions that has come up again and again in this series so far, and I'm going to ask it again to my my panel today, is why do we get sucked in? You know, there's a lot of reasons, obviously, <laughs> individual reasons. I think one of the reasons is the light bearers are somewhat naive. The light bearers cannot conceive of evil. <laughs> they, they don't understand it. They understand when people do things that are bad or wrong or so forth. But I don't think we have a true comprehension of absolute evil. We think of everything in relative terms. We even perhaps think of God in relative terms in some way. And if we think of evil or the energy veil, if you will, in, in those terms, then it's, you know, it's just part of life. But the reality, unfortunately as from the fall of the the fallen angels, is that there is absolute evil. And this absolute evil is out to take our light, because they don't have it from God anymore, and to prevent us from growing spiritually. That's their whole goal, to to perpetuate their existence, because they're cut off from God. That's It's a sobering thought, but it doesn't have to be a, a, a scary one, so to speak, because when you know the truth, then you can deal with the situation. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, because so few people know the equation of life on planet Earth, they're vulnerable. You know, oh, we're all equal. We just, some, you know, people make mistakes, but we're all one, da, 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 da. Well, that's the litany of the fallen angels because they want to be included with us because they're cut off from God. They don't want to be cut off anymore. But God's not going to, you know, respond to them, so they try and steal our light. And one of the ways is through false teachings. You know, you mentioned being naive, and I'm wondering if that also ties into self-image. The subtitle of the show today is The Synthetic Image and the Divine Ego. And the synthetic image is that part of, it's that concept, uh, limited awareness of ourselves based on our human thoughts, words, and deeds. And the divine ego is where we hope to emerge and from our human consciousness and merge with this divine ego is who we are intended to become. Between where we are and that place of becoming is the minefield. Yeah. You know, this is the concept of duality. Are we God or are we man? Do we have God within us or outside of us? And we identify, of course, with our physical forms and our human mind. That's normal. We all do that. But to understand that God is within us and we've sort of 
by our own free will and other embodiments, created layer upon layer of misqualified energy through our karma that's sort of separating us from God. And so because we're se- we, of our own actions we've been separated from God, we're then vulnerable to things that are not of God because we can't feel that presence like we did at one time. Exactly. And I think that this, this destiny of merging with God's consciousness is what uh, many false teachers would deny us in the mistaken belief that some part of human or our human experience is divine. Well, I, I think that's true, Tom. And what they'll do is they'll reinforce your human consciousness yeah. versus your your divine consciousness. And that's, they continue to build up the ego through various ways. Oh, you're perfect through just the way you are, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that, except for that one little yeah, that, scar on your forehead. I, but, don't, I don't like having attention <laughs> drawn to that. <laughs> but anyway, so they reinforce, you know, you don't have to do anything. To, I mean, you're already perfect. Well, you know, there's a truth to that. God within us is perfect. But we're never going to perfect the human consciousness. And I think it comes down to, and you'll hear in the excerpts today, the concept of a mechanization concept, or yeah. you know, uh, you know, God versus a machine. It's interesting. Stephen Hawkins, who recently passed away, you know, the great, uh, oh, yeah, uh, what is he, an astrophysicist or whatever? I, I think so. Was, that's right. Yeah. Whatever he was, but anyway, he says, "My mind is a machine, and when I'm dead, it ceases to exist." So he was embracing the whole concept of you know, we're evolved, you know. Pond scum, basically, <laughs> maybe not in those terms, yeah. but by saying that, in other words, we're just a machine that's evolved to this point, and when we die, that's the end of it. Well, that's kind of a depressing thought, it's, if you ask me. It's very I depressing. Mean, I much rather prefer the alternative where God is in me, and there's a divine plan for eternal life and path and service. That's exciting to me. But if if those that embrace, you know, life as an end to itself. You know, that's why the eat, drink, and be merry consciousness is out there. And that's what the fallen angels want us to embrace. They love that. Well, you know, one of the things that comes up when you say that you're perfect the way you are is it eliminates the path of initiation. Yeah, it's not not (laughs) too stressful, is it? No, that's that's (laughs) pretty easy. In other words, what can I do to indulge my human appetites? My work is done past the chips. You know, so uh, it's, it's really sad because it denies people their birthright. It denies them as the of the identity of a son or daughter of God. And that's what's on so many people. A weight of condemnation from the church. You know, you're worthless sinners. Yep. Um, and the fallen angels are saying, well, you're nothing but, you know, a machine. Um, so might as well enjoy yourself because it's all going to be over in a few short years. You know, and one of the most insidious components of that false teaching is that it promotes you skipping steps. It promotes you dodging your karma. You know, you're, you're basically going, oh, I got a free pass. This is... I don't have to do anything more, and I can sit on the couch. Well, you see how people live, and some people live as if karma doesn't exist. Well, they're told that once they embrace Jesus in their heart, it doesn't. But even the fallen ones, they they, they live as if karma doesn't exist. Well, yeah. They're pretty yeah. good at car- dodging karma. Yeah. You, know, you know, I was just thinking about how subtle these, uh, <clears throat> these false teachings are and these false teachers are today. I mean, back in the, back in the 70s. They were out there like big time, you know what I mean? There were a few of them, and they were prancing around and just skimming off the cream of, yeah. of the, the sons and daughters of God who had embodied in this Aquarian Age time, you know, to find these teachings. And so yeah. they really did a number back And you know then. what also happened, Terry, is people that got into those things, they saw how they were false teachings, and they got embittered. And they said, well, I'm not going to, you know, this is how spiritual people are. I don't want any part of it. Right. So then they, they stop pursuing the spiritual path. It's like people that get dis, you know, disenfranchised from the traditional churches. 
you know, instead of saying, well, there must be something else I'm going to go to, they say, I'm done with organized religion. So you can see the plots is not only to, to sort of engulf people in these things, but it's also to create bitterness um, when right. they find out their faults. And so they don't pursue the true teachings. Yeah. So let's, let's come back to the initial question we asked at the top of the show, which is, you know, why do people, good people get sucked into these? And you suggested that one of the components of that is naivety. But I think there's more, too, is that there's a plausibility. I mean, certain of these teachings make sense on a certain level. They appeal to what you want to have in your life, which is wholeness, harmony, happiness, unity, all those things that are feel good. So there's a lure there that gives you the idea that you're on the right track. So we come back to this point of discernment. How do you discern the true vibration from the slightly off-center vibration? It's practice. You know, and I think you're going to feel it in the gut, as they say. Uh, you're going you're gonna to hear probably 95% truth from many of these really professional false teachers. And then they're going to they're gonna throw you that curve with that 5% or that 3%. And your, your human consciousness is going to go, well, you know, okay, well, maybe, uh, yeah, I should consider that. It doesn't feel right, right to begin with. But boy, you got to believe in that gut feeling about something yeah. when you hear it. Well, we've, we've spoken many times about vibration. Yeah. Now you can sense a, a vibration that's kind of off kilter a little bit. One of the things that we also know from the Ascended Masters is they say, if you're uncertain, challenge my light. Yeah. Ask me to show you my light. A false teacher can't do that. Yeah, yeah, because they're not going to allow themselves to be exposed. No. So it's an interesting conundrum. Yeah. You go up to a teacher who you just paid thousands of dollars to teach you something about a certain teaching. Go, hey, show me your light. Show me your light. You know. They'll tell you to get out of there. Otherwise, <laughs> they use your money. Yeah. Well, I think, too, uh, you know, one of the mistakes I made early on the path <clears throat> is I thought that the path would be logical. Now, I'm not saying it's illogical. But what I'm saying is I thought it would be the pattern of my human consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so when I kind of discover things that, you know, we talk about Zen, you know, the mysteries and so forth that seem contradictory and so forth, that takes a lot of attunement to really understand those. And so when the false teachers, when they play upon this, you know, feels good, sounds good type of thing, people, you know, (laughs) oh, it sounds okay to me type of thing. And that's why, you know, we'll go back again to the, you know, if you want a gift of the Holy Spirit, ask for discernment first, because that's the most important gift. I mean, just call Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I call the Holy Spirit to give me the gift of discernment when I'm seeing things so I can understand what's really going on here. Very simple prayer. But, you know, as you work upon this, you'll develop more and more discernment. And you'll, you'll vibration will become everything to you. No matter what the words are or the smiles, it'll be vibration. Yeah. Well, I think you brought this up last week, Terry, about the auric read that when we encounter somebody, there is, is that part of us that knows the truth instantly. Right. It's not on the verbal level, it's not on the on the conscious level necessarily, but we definitely know something. So part of the attunement process in my my mind is we learn to teach ourselves to expect the truth to be evident in our think in our thinking, in our processing, mm-hmm. in our awareness, in our that that auric read, so that we can't be fooled. Now, it takes practice. You can't simply accept that that's going to happen the first time out. But if you do allow yourself to listen to the Holy Spirit, to listen to that that small, quiet voice within, the truth is always there. We always have the – it's there for us. That's what I'm trying to say. We work on that and cultivate that. You know, Mrs. Prophet at one of the early summer universities, she went into the students one day and she said, how do you know I'm the messenger? 
And so people raise their hand, oh, because you give dictations, you know, or because you do this, you do that. And I can't remember all the reasons, but she said, no, you're all wrong. You know I'm the messenger by vibration. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. You have to understand that. And like you were saying, Tom, challenge the vibration if you aren't sure. Yeah. You know? It's and okay to do that. Yeah. It's don't, not disrespectful. Don't allow yourself to be sucked in because what happens is, and I think we covered this previously, when people start investing money in a teaching, they're determined to get their money's worth out of it. The psychic hooks. That's right. So right. if, if it's a false teaching, that's sort of counterproductive, shall right. we say. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that some false teachers, not all, but some of them, appeal to the baser human instincts. I think one of them is, of course, to want to be loved, want to be liked, want to be respected, want to have the adulation of the public, whatever the case may be. So, you know, we're going to take a short break right now, but when we come back, we're going to kind of delve into that a little bit more with one of the excerpts from the lecture on false teachings from Elizabeth Clare Prophet. So please stay with us. We'll be back after a short break. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. We're proceeding with our 
uh, taunting the hornets. <laughs> that hornet's nest pinata. I can't get that out of my mind. <laughs> it's just one of those thoughts. You know, uh, the teachings of the Ascended Masters, um, they're designed to eliminate ego-dominated thought in favor of divine ego awareness. And all of the master's techniques contain the flame of transmutation. Here's more. We are not anti-intellectual. The techniques we use are designed only to destroy ego-dominated thought. Well, how do you know what thought is ego-dominated if you haven't defined the divine ego and the human ego? Elmoria listed the table of contents for the five-volume series, Climb the Highest Mountain, 33 chapters. He gave the first chapter, and he called it Your Synthetic Image. One of the editors who was working on the book in terms of setting up the copy and arranging it for publication said to me, why don't you rearrange the first two chapters and put the real image first and the synthetic image second? And first I was shocked to think that anyone would question the order of the master's dictating of the contents. But then I explained that everybody starts with their synthetic image. That's where we are, the fallen state. We're in the state of imperfection. We're in the state of the human consciousness. We need to define that synthetic image so that we can get out of it, see it for what it is, transcend it. When we transcend it, then we're ready to define the real image. And that's why the Master put that order of those chapters. It's very important for people to find out what that synthetic image is. Now, how can you have a technique and a teaching and a system that is designed to destroy ego-dominated thought when nobody's ever explained to you what ego-dominated thought is. But you're not thinking about that because you're all the way into the teaching and you're not analyzing. We do not have any creed or dogma, says the teacher. No creed or dogma. Nothing to believe in. So the human mind just floats in what is called a situation ethic. We introduce people to techniques that facilitate experiences, but we are experimental in our approach. We do not ask for any belief or faith. We only say, try these things and see what happens to you. We do the work of ego reduction with a lot of humor and laughter. Techniques are fine when they are the product of the inner flame, when there is no flame behind a technique, but the continual experimentation of the human consciousness it is what the Ascended Masters call, specifically the Great Divine Director has named it, as a mechanization concept. Mechanization concept, where you get into techniques, and techniques become a mechanical means of finding that flame. A mechanical means of finding the flame. You have to beware of techniques. Techniques are only as good as your ability to infuse them with spirit with the Holy Spirit, with a flame within you, then a technique can suit your ends. But when it's a technique for the sake of a technique, and you try this one, that one, and the next one, you're on a mechanical path. And the great divine director warned us that there would be teachers coming who would set before their students a mechanical ascension, mechanical techniques and mechanical instruments claiming that these scientific instruments, if used, will change your vibration, accelerate your frequencies, and propel you into a state of mastery. And Jesus spoke of these teachers 
He spoke of the violent who seek to take heaven by force. He said, The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. The kingdom of heaven is your causal body and your I am presence, the consciousness of God, of spirit. There are black magicians who have learned techniques when they were in the schools of the Great White Brotherhood before they took the left-handed path, which is defined as the glorying in the human ego instead of the glory to God in the divine ego. They use techniques to draw the energy either of the I am presence or causal body or the energy of the light bearers that they have in their auras. They take that energy, they manipulate it, and they manifest tremendous powers of control, of darkness, of manipulation. And there have been numbers of them, and many of them very popular, who've written very esoteric books and intellectual books. And they are fallen ones. They are black magicians. They have stolen the light of the I Am Presence, and they have stolen the light of the Mother, and they have evolved an independent system and with this magnetism that they build up in their auras, they draw people to them. And make no mistake, they have a tremendous influence through their personalities and through that momentum. Getting back to the system we're reviewing, this concept of techniques. Ego reduction with a lot of humor and laughter. Well, there's nothing wrong with laughter. Moria says, a twinkle of mirth is needed on earth. Mori gets you to give up your ego by laughing at it. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes he's very stern. And there's no laughing at all. There's you give up that vibration or else. But Moria likes the Chilas to have humor, and so does St. Germain, and especially the feeling that we don't take ourselves too seriously. When we take our human egos and our human pride so seriously that we can't stand a little comment or a little word to the wise and we can't bear to have anyone tell us that maybe we're wrong in a certain concept, well, we're taking ourselves too seriously. That's when you need the laughter. You really need to poke fun at this extreme pride of the ego that takes offense so easily. You know, I think that's great advice to poke fun at the extreme ego, the, the human ego. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you, you know, Tom, when you understand that you have a divine ego, then you don't have to be so defensive of the human. Yeah. But if all you think you've got is your human ego, you know, the guards up, you know, they're ready to fight because it's your identity. Yeah. So choose your identity, a son or daughter of God, or, you know, a personality that's been created by, you know, over the time by experiences and misqualified energy. And it's not necessarily all bad, but it's not going to get you where you want to go. No, you know, and we all know how difficult it can be sometimes to admit when we're wrong. But it's really healthy to do that, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, what happens? I mean, when someone <laughs> starts criticizing you, I mean, it's human nature to put up the defenses, right? Yeah. And I, if I may tell a quick story, I gave many years ago, I gave this sermon in a, one of our teaching centers. And, um, you know, I worked hard on it. I thought it was a pretty decent sermon. And so afterwards, this, this sweet elderly lady came up to me and she said, you know, I, there was, I forget how she worded, but there was something, you know, some things about your sermon I didn't agree with or whatever. 
So as soon as I heard that, of course, you know, the defenses go up. But then she proceeded to point some things out to me, but she did it with a vibration of love. Yeah. And you know what happened? The defenses melted. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I never forgot that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we don't have to defend the human ego. We really don't. When we have an identity in God, that's the defense that we can take a stand for and all of heaven will join with us. But but don't feel you have to just defend that human consciousness 24 hours a day because you're going to get exhausted doing it. <laughs> yeah, and that's where that's where Maitreya will really go in on. You know, he'll he'll get you on some of those. You know, <laughs> and I can tell you the ascended the ascended masters do have a, a sense of humor. Oh yeah, and uh, I remember one time many years ago I was thinking, you know, I, I need some more humility. You know, mm-hmm. so I made a prayer. I said to back to Lord Maitreya, Maitreya, please give me some, teach me more mm-hmm. humility. That was the last time I made that. <laughs> uh, it was almost comical, the things that happened to me. It was like I didn't exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. You, try that. Your prayer was that? No. <laughs> if you want to see if God answers prayers, try that one. Well, you know, what's the statement? The, the devil, that proud spirit, does not like to be mocked, you know. Yeah. And uh, so there's a story about uh, uh, Mark Prophet. He he sensed the presence of of a fallen one, you know, in in the uh, in the home or wherever they were. It was a teaching center. In teaching center, yeah. and uh, so he had everybody laugh out loud, you know. Just he just he didn't explain why to begin with, but <laughs> that laughter was was what was able to dispel that uh, dark spirit. Well, yeah, the so, fallen ones take themselves very seriously. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well. Good. <laughs> That's one way you can tell who they are. Yeah, I mean it's not a game. It's not a game with them. They need to steal the light. You know that the number one tool of the fallen angels is that getting people to believe they don't exist. Oh yes. Because if they don't exist, they can do what they want and not be called on it. And furthermore, you know, of course, Christendom and most religions, they don't believe that fallen angels can take physical embodiment, but you know they can. And that's where all the, a lot of the trouble comes on this planet. You know, we're, and we're going back again to what you said at the beginning of the show, that when a naive seeker in his or her innocence doesn't want to or can't recognize the existence of evil, absolute evil, who just can't even conceive the possibility that their fallen ones are working to rob them of their light, they're like lambs to the slaughter. And especially when they come in the guise of a nice personality, friendly so on and so forth. And that's, again, where the light bearers that don't have the gift of discernment are going to be, get lost. I mean, remember what Mark Prophet said? He said, you know, Lucifer was a very handsome person. I mean, he was a, he was a very high angel before he fell. And so, you, you know, you, just, you have to go by, via vibration and not via outer things. And don't expect the devil to go around with horns and, you know, <laughs> pitchfork. Uh, yeah. They're too smart for that. Yes. If, if you met him, you would like him. That's that, yeah, human personalities, and I can think of some political figures that have very pleasing personalities that I'm not sure who they are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I'd probably leave it at that. <laughs> no names. <laughs> um, well, that's important because it's not important to name it. Exactly it's, a, right. it's an energy. It's a vibration. Yeah, yeah precisely right. Well, uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to hear a bit about the misuse of music and rhythm as a means of subverting the Christ consciousness. Back in a moment. Don't go away. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you again for staying with us. On the open door today and for the past several weeks and for the coming several weeks, we're talking about how to spot false teachers and their false teachings and using basically our awareness of vibration, of pride, of examining the, the human ego from the standpoint of feeling good about who you are and you know, you're perfect the way you are and the ways that the false teachers kind of take, take you off the path of initiation. Well, one of the things that has come up again and again in our studies is how certain art forms are used incorrectly or are perverted for the same purpose of taking people off the path, robbing them of their light, robbing them of their opportunity for the ascension. And many beautiful art forms were created during the last golden age. And unfortunately, some of them have been perverted, which draw our energies away from the real, which is holy and beautiful, and take us down to a baser level of human experience. Here's more. This movement uses the African dance, eurythmics, drumming, to develop Kath awareness. Now, the culture of Africa, when in the Golden Age, was a culture of what were known as the Blue Race and the Violet Race. Gorgeous children of God whose skin tones were violet and blue. The black magicians came along to destroy these races, and the story of that is in Climb the Highest Mountain. And they did it through rhythm. 
They did it through a perversion of white magic, which came to be known as voodoo. A certain drumbeat in the jungle, a certain form of dance, and what it is calculated to do is by the rhythm, it takes the light of the chakras and causes that energy to go down. Starting from the crown, it starts to descend into the chakras until all of this energy gets locked in the lower chakras. Then that release of energy must be through the lower chakras instead of the upper chakras. It may be released in witchcraft, in hexes. It may be released in black magic. There's a tribe that we met in Africa that when they decide to kill someone, they can do it through black magic psychically and they never miss. We had some people who came out of that tribe to become students of the Ascended Masters. We also had some people in that tribe who became enemies of our Ascended Master students. And our students had to stand on the tube of light and the Archangel Michael decrees to break that curse. The release of this energy in the lower chakras also comes through sex, sexual orgies. And this type of rhythm and the descent of energy is always practiced in a coven or in a circle and it is usually accompanied by the letting of blood because blood contains the energies of the Christ and the bloodletting may be of a chicken or of a small animal or if it gets really black magic it might be into the letting of the blood of a child, a small child. So there are beautiful divine art forms that were conceived in this golden age civilization that was once on the continent of Africa. But the rhythms that are being taken by this group are the perversion of those. And you heard Paul Venetian speak about art as a means to transformation and transition. Moria has told us that one of the key means that the black magicians have used to destroy the Christ consciousness is to distort the rhythm of the Christ in music, through jazz, rock, acid rock, through perverted art forms, and through the drum beats. You beware that you don't allow yourself to be in a place where there is continual drumming that has a syncopation, a beat that is detrimental because it will draw your energies down. And the more you give the violet flame and make your attunement, the more you will find unbearable these rhythms. What happens is when we don't have the violet flame and we don't have a standard, the human consciousness listening to this music from birth gets very conditioned to it. It starts creating the flow and the channeling of energy in our chakras and in our four lower bodies. So we're comfortable. It's just like being comfortable eating white sugar until you find out it isn't good for you and you start eating honey or other things. What is comfortable is not necessarily what is good for us. What is comfortable is usually what we're conditioned to. So we get so conditioned to certain rhythms that we move with them. Then our bodies start to move and start to writhe with them. And when your bodies go into this rhythm, it's the same thing. When there is the movement of the body, it causes energy to descend. If you can get the energies of the youth into their lower chakras, you'll get them to behave like animals. They no longer are erect. They no longer have the flow in their upper chakras. They no longer have the intelligence of the Christ mind to perceive God. So beware. Watch the rhythm. 
We meditate upon three-quarter time or the waltz time for the raising of energy. Energy rises from the base of the spine to the crown to the waltz time. It's a thrust of the Blu-ray. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. And your energy begins to go up. It's a beautiful art form. It's blue, yellow, pink, blue, yellow, pink, blue, yellow, pink. It's the timing of the threefold flame and the waltzes were brought forth by Saint Germain through Johann Strauss before the violet flame was released so that people would move to the rhythm of the beginning of the rise of the feminine ray. And what an amazing door that opens. You know, I think that one of the things that is very evident about this whole process we're going through of identifying you know, false teachings and false teachers is they all come down to the same thing. They're robbing us of our light, finding different various means of doing that. Some subtle, some are gross. And the masters will always pull us up. They'll never bring us down. You know, you uh, we kid about the fact that I, my age is somewhere in the <laughs> zone of Methuselah. <laughs> but I do remember the time when you could go into a restaurant and there was no music playing overhead. Yeah. And and then and, and then you know I studied these teachings in the seventies and uh, and it got to be where I was sensitive then you know and and there were times when I challenged you know I said, can you turn that music off or at least turn it way down or something like that, but people have gotten so used to it now. I'll bet you there is not a restaurant you can go into, but what there isn't music playing overhead and with this continual drumming, this. Uh, you know, Syn- syncopated beat. You know, it's hard to understand why they would do that because it, it makes the, the, the meal mm-hmm. or the event, whatever you're doing, unpleasant. Well, yeah. but, but for many people, as Mrs. Prabhupada points out, they can't exist without that music. They're so used to it and their energies are so aligned with it that it's almost like an addiction. In fact, mm-hmm. it is an addiction, yeah. much as smoking or alcohol or anything else. And so when you take that away... You know, it's like, I want my fix, so to speak. Yeah. And um, so that's why it's so pervasive. And people look at you like you're out of your mind. It, it Again, it is so accepted in our culture that if you raise your voice against it, you know, you look like you're different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm thinking back to a time, um, I think I've mentioned this before, but I used to be uh, part of a touring choir. It was quite good and went far, far afield did various wonderful pieces of music. But we had two concerts back-to-back. The first one was rather modern. I'm, I'm trying to say this carefully because the music itself was, in some cases, beautiful, but it was the syncopation was off. Uh-huh. It had a kind of modern beat and tone to it and had something about it that was jagged. And we also uh, did another concert. Again, we, we rehearsed for both where we were doing this Liebeslieder, Strauss's songs, love songs, etc., and there many of them were, were three, four time, waltz time. The audience for the first concert was bewildered. And we didn't even really know why. And I, until I got into these teachings, I didn't understand it either. But they were discomfited. It was something that it caused them to get on edge. It was it was off. Yeah. The the concert where we did with the the, the three, four time, the waltzes and the, the love songs, they were on their feet in an instant. And there was such happiness and there was such a glow in that room and we all felt it. Amazing. And when, again, I got into these teachings, I was able to put that into perspective. I understood why. But when I was in it, I didn't understand it. But now I can appreciate that the, the rhythms, the music, the experience was one was uplifting, one was not. 
Simple as that. Also, you know, I was watching uh, on public television the other night. There's a program where people bring on their antiques and they they try and get a price for what they might be worth. <laughs> Antique Roadshow. Antiques Roadshow. We can plug them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and there was a, there was a particular painting that was just nothing but oil splashed on a canvas, <laughs> and it was worth several thousand dollars. And I saw the beginning of this at the Des Moines Art Center back in in well, long time ago. Tom. <laughs> Before the Civil War. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can remember there was this huge painting, this oil painting, and it was just a big splash of red. Mm. And it was uh, the beginning in my in my observations, the beginning of a of a deteriorating cycle in art. Well, you realize it's self-reinforcing because the rock beat changes people's consciousness. Yeah. And so as it changes their consciousness, then things that we would think would be distorted suddenly become appealing. And, you know, this is not a popular uh, position to take um, (laughs) on rock music, as you can well imagine. In fact, I think probably the biggest response we got was a show on rock music. It was. Because people just can't see it. Well, what's the matter with it? You know, I like it. I feel good. I'm jumping around. I grew up with it. Yeah, I grew up with it. So, (laughs) you know... Ask God to show you. We get back to discernment again. Discern vibration. Discern its impact on your body. Yeah. It's, inter- um, it's interesting, too, because that was in about the 50s when the rock and roll was coming out when I saw right. that art form. Yeah, right. yeah. Just just starting in the 50s and 60s, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, you know, there's, I'll just throw this little tidbit in for your uh, enjoyment. <laughs> Many of the rock musicians have not been in embodiment since Atlantis. And the reason of that is because they made such a terrible karma on Atlantis by rock music. Um, that they couldn't come back until the cycle's turn and it's coming forth again. And um, the idea would be that they would, might change their ways. But, you know, when a group is called the Grateful Dead, I mean, <laughs> it seems like they might have taken a stance there. I, or, I, I or, knew those guys. Or, you know, <laughs> the Rolling Stones symphony. Symp- sympathy for the devil. Sympathy for the devil. Yeah. I mean, that's not even subtle. No, it's <laughs> no. So, again, we're not judging people individually, but look at the patterns mm-hmm. that are existing. Know the equation of planet Earth, what you're dealing with. It's not the way it looks. <laughs> yeah, and even their, uh, their, their album covers and their promotional shots, they began not smiling, and they, they, began, they started looking evil, you know, and just dr- drugged out and one thing or another. Mainly tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, anyway yeah. let's get back to something more uh, well, uplifting. It's, it's subtle, but it's not subtle, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and this has been amazing. This, this whole process, again, for us is even though we're, we're, we're sharing with you the results of some research we've done, of course, with the master's teachings being what they are, the bottom line does come down to some simple things. It's light, it's vibration, it's harmony, I mean, it's grace. All the things that you would already know, this, there's nothing here that's outside of our ability to comprehend. These are basic experiences we can have in life if we're open to them. And one of them, of course, is the pure art forms, whether it's visual or musical or auditory, or we're watching somebody dance. I mean, whatever it may be, you know when you see beauty. You know when you see something that is correct, if you will. And pregnant women are encouraged to meditate upon this perfect uh, statue of David. Oh, yeah, for the child. Yeah, for the child, the incoming child. Well, we have kind of gone a little off. <laughs> we're, we're, well, it's, we're all, no, that's good. I mean, I, yeah. I really like that because I think that comes down to what we're willing to observe, we're willing to conceive we're willing to conceptually organize our thoughts around so that these thought forms become what we want them to be, right. whole, healing, harmonious, etc. So we got to take a break. 
We'll come back after a short break for our final wrap-up. Please stay with us. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us on this uh, program today. We're continuing our series on spotting false teachers and their false teachings and looking at the various qualities that these teachings may carry to our conscious mind and our unconscious mind as well. Pride, ego, uh, you know, again, off, vibration that's off, art forms that are perverted, etc. But one of the things that was mentioned in the uh, second essay that we heard from Mrs. Prophet had to do with a concept that she referred to as the mechanical ascension. And I think she was using uh, Jesus' words too, that uh, the, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, which is basically another way of saying that, you know, storming don't storm the king, get the kingdom. Don't storm heaven. Anyway, um, during the break, we were kind of discussing this concept, and one of the issues that came up again is something that's very much in the news these days, which is artificial intelligence, and how this can play into this whole concept of mechanical consciousness and mechanical ascension. Well, I think that what what Mrs. Prophet was referring to is that there's you know, a couple of ways you can go. One is the path of initiation under the ascended masters, under God, to earn your ascension, if you will, to balance your karma, to pass your tests, and to be bequeathed, you know, eternal life, which is wonderful. Then there's another path that people saying, oh, that's too much work, too much trouble. I'd rather honor my ego than my <clears throat> divine presence, so forth. So I'm just going to get really smart, and I'm going to change my brain. I'm going to, you know, merge myself with artificial intelligence. Um, I may not have a body, but I can sustain consciousness in a computer if you will. Mm. And, you know, I think it's Eldon Musk, I think is his name. from Elon. Elon, thank you. From Tesla. And he said that this artificial intelligence thing is his greatest fear. It's what keeps him awake at night. Because it is possible to to merge your consciousness with a computer. I mean, how close are we to that? It's probably pretty close, much closer than we know. And so your ability to compute, your knowledge, etc., just grows geometrically. Geometrically. Thank you. <laughs> it sounds like I need a computer, right? But, um, you know, no. that's not the way to God. That's yeah. taking, you know, that's thumbing your nose at God 
And it might work for a while, but I can tell you, ultimately, it does not work. Yeah. And so it's it's subtle, you know, because, oh, just think all the wonderful things I can do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you have to know who you are, where you're coming from, what your goal is, and don't fall prey to these false teachings that somehow through a mechanical apparatus, you're going to attain immortality. Well, as we said again many times, we are not here to perfect the human. No. We're here to become the divine, our birth, our divine birthright. And anything mechanical is is of matter, of mater, and it will never become spirit. <laughs> it will never, never inherit the kingdom of God. That's exactly and right. And it may work for a while, um, but, you know, it's, it's like the, when the devil was cast out, he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Of course, for us, it seems like a long time, <laughs> but in God's perspective, it is a short time. I believe in I. So, um, you know, don't don't be lured into that. In fact, there was a, there, one of the Star Trek movies, I remember, at the end, the, the guy was in the movie. His goal was to be merged with the, with the computer. With the, and and, and it had a very interesting demonstration of this, where the, where the machine and the man became one. Mm. And, and that's not yeah. of God. And so that's, these are people that are storming heaven and saying, I don't need you, God. I don't need your path. I don't need you, period. I'm going to attain immortality through this computer or mechanization man or whatever. And, you know... There are people that have chosen that and will choose that, but that is not the path of the light bearer. No. The, the human has a rust factor in its, <laughs> in its equation, right? Yes. I, mean, I mean, it's going to. Spiritual oxidation. <laughs> What's yeah. that on your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 again, uh, one of the points was made in that earlier excerpt had to do with the fact that we'd like to be comfortable. And sometimes if we desire to know things or be able to do things, we sort of acquire a sense of comfortability because we think we can overcome whatever challenges or obstacles we, we are confronted with. Right. But initiation is not like that. We want those challenges. We want those opportunities to grow. We don't want to be taken off that path, you know, mechanically, because then we, we basically are shutting ourselves off from God. Yeah, and, and our initiations aren't, aren't things that we can't handle. I mean, you know, God's not going to give us like we talk about the package that we get at the front door every morning. You know? yeah. He's not going to give us any more than we can handle Here's for the 24 <laughs> You know, you need to be attentive yeah. to the path and understand it and work on it. But, you know, this is the, think of the victory, you know, that you will have by God's grace. That's right. By walking this path in a mortal life. And once you have that, you can't be touched. You can't be harmed. The fallen ones lose. That's why they're so, it's, there's such opposition to your path and your ascension, because once you ascend, they can no longer steal your light, and they can no longer get to you. And the masters tell us never to cease allocation for your ascension until the moment you ascend. Don't think you can just kind of slide the last few feet on your laurels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous point, that's pride. Well, yeah. it is, and, and more than one person, uh, you know, has lost their ascension because of that pride. Yeah. You know, so, you know, be humble before your God and fiery and determined in front of all that opposes that, and God will be with you and work with you. I mean, this is an exciting time to be alive. It's an exciting time to experience the light, to embrace the light, to balance your karma. You only have to balance 51%. That's only in the last 100 or so years. That opportunity has been there. We have the violet flame that will transmute records and past. We don't have to go through every one of them individually and relive it and so forth. I mean, this is the time. You know, seize the torch. Seize the opportunity, Indeed. you know, because it's there. And, and the effort that is required today, it's significant, but it's not like it used to be. Balancing 100% of your karma is not an easy task. No. Of course, you, you do balance the rest of it after you ascend, but you're home free. 
Yeah. So take advantage of this. Don't be lured by the, you know, the, the, the false sirens, if you will, of these fallen ones who want to take your light, take you from the path, take you away from a reunion with God. You know, the fallen ones can't get even with God. I mean, God is God. But they, they want to destroy his sons and daughters. That's it. Because they hate God so much. Yeah. And so don't allow that to happen in your life. And it begins with the bent knee and calling to God to give you guidance, wisdom, direction, whatever is your next step. But the ascended masters understand the path. They understand our karma. They understand the equation of planet Earth. And they have the techniques and the tools, if we will work with them, that will allow us to win our ascension either in this embodiment or the next one, depending on what age we are when we start. You know, and one of the most amazing books, series of all time, has been referenced again and again throughout our program. That is Climb the Highest Mountain. It comprises all 33 steps of initiation, one at a time, in order. Not that we follow them in order necessarily, but I, uh, Mrs. Prophet referred to it as a five-volume series. Actually, it's nine, because it was kind of broken, broken down into the nine different areas. But it is the path of initiation. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in that, tsl.org slash bookstore, search bar, climb the highest mountain series, you'll have a access to one of the most important works. You know, I, I just want to works. interject here, if I may, Tom, is that, you know, the books are wonderful. They're key to understanding, as are the lectures and so forth. But this is not an intellectual path. It's, it's of the heart. And when you feel the love of God and the embrace of God in a way you've never felt it before, it changes everything. And that's just the tip of the iceberg yeah. of what God has in store for us. Well, the, 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 and, the, and if you're the, listening to this program today, there's no accident. You know, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's you're here right now to do this thing. Well, that, and and the, you're right too, Sid. That the, the climb series can be at times somewhat academic, but it's a framework. Exactly. You know. Yeah. We're getting close to the end, are we? We are. Gosh, where does it go? <laughs> <laughs> it goes into web radio at tsl.org. Oh, oh, that's good. <laughs> that's where you can reach us. Web radio at tsl.org. If you've got any questions, talk to us. We'll we'll be happy to respond. Yeah, and I also want to point out that this series that we're doing right now does not have to be consumed in order. One of the beauties of this is that um, Mrs. Prophet kind of put it on the cosmic clock, if you will, in quadrants of pink, blue, gold, and white. And you can understand it from the standpoint of what you already perhaps know in your own life as to how you got to where you're going. And again, we can talk about more of that next week. But this series is How to Spot a False Teacher and False Teachings. And again, there's no order in this particularly. It's just a matter of being aware, having discernment, discrimination, determination. And remember, be gentle as a dove, but wise as a serpent. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and though the upper path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are, are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.